Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Kia everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is brought to you by Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course available to mamas worldwide. So Your Birth Project has been designed as complete online learning. It's to the point and you will learn everything you need to know about hypnobirthing and the different stages of labor and birth to make you feel empowered and confident and like you have all the tools that you need to go into it. So I would love for you to go and check Your Birth Project out. I will pop the links in the show notes and it's just at Your Birth Project on Instagram. In this week's episode, I speak with Jo about her breech birth, which was a surprise. So she didn't know that her baby was breech and she lives a long way from the hospital. So it was lucky that she made the move to go from home into town when she did. She rocked up at the hospital and thought that she'd get sent home because she wasn't far enough along and actually she was 10 centimeters dilated. So I will let her take you through her journey. Um, She'll do a much better job of explaining it. And yeah, it's a really awesome story. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share my birth story. Awesome. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Okay, so um, our family consists of me and my husband and our wee boy, Charles, now. Um, we live in the Hekataramea Valley, which is an hour and 45 minutes drive from Timaru. And our closest town is Kurau, which is about 20 minute drive. And <laughs> we live on a sheep and beef farm. So yeah, it's a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Um, so I had about probably... Seven or eight years ago, I had um, some problems with my period and I didn't really think too much of it. But um, my partner, who is now my husband, uh, he suggested that I might have endometriosis. And I was like, what? (laughs) I've never heard that (laughs) word before. And um, ended up going to a doctor and got referred to a specialist and had surgery about two weeks later and had advanced stage three borderline stage four endometriosis and um had to have my ovaries relocated and a lot of um a lot of endometriosis was cut out so they didn't know if I would ever be able to get pregnant naturally so fast forward to we got married it must have been December 2018 so went off everything all our pill and hormone treatment and everything in January 2019 and we were pregnant at the end of February 
Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Which was, yeah, incredible. We did not expect it at all. Um, yeah. But obviously really excited that it happened so quickly and yeah. so easily for us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or you had other symptoms? Um, so I hadn't had a period for two years. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't didn't have that to go by, but I just had a feeling. And yeah. um, I took – my cats had been really, like, hanging around me heaps, and I was kind of <laughs> like, this is really weird. And then um, I took a pregnancy test, and it was a really, really faint line. Yeah. And my husband was away at the time, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? So I just waited for him <laughs> to get home. And um, it was a couple of days later, and I told him, and he was like, no way. And so went and got bloods done on the Monday, and the doctor was like, yeah, you're, like, literally just pregnant. So yeah. I think I just kind of kind of knew. <laughs> there was no no symptoms or anything. I did have um, almost, like, period pains, which I think were possibly implantation. Yeah. But um, other than that, yeah, no symptoms or anything. I just kind of had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. And what was your first trimester like? Did you get many symptoms sort of start after that? So pretty much six weeks on the dot, I got nauseous, um, found it really hard to eat in the mornings and felt like throwing up all day, every day, but yeah. didn't actually throw up. Um, and that lasted till about 12 weeks. And then after that, I was all good. But yeah, it was pretty much just the nauseous feeling yeah. all the time. It was yeah. really difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can resonate with that. And um, what about yes. the rest of your pregnancy? Did you do all the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and how did you sort of find that your pregnancy progressed? Yes, so we did all um, all the standard testing that comes along with um, like what your midwife tells you you can do. Yeah. So um, that was all, all good. And, yeah, my pregnancy was pretty pretty easy. Um, I pretty much just felt the same, just had a wee tummy <laughs> and I say wee because I was tiny. People, people were asking me probably about 35 weeks, how long I had to go. And I was like, Oh, five weeks. And they're like, you don't even look pregnant. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that was, um, that was pretty cool, but I felt huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I did have about 18 weeks. We were doing renovations on our house and there was no window. And it was right in the middle of winter and for three days I threw up every morning. Mm. So that was pretty random. I was kind of like, oh, my goodness, this can go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucky it didn't last throughout the rest of your pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And other than that, I um, tried to stay active but kind of didn't really put too much pressure on myself to do workouts yeah. or anything. Just made sure I'd go for a walk each day and yeah, I felt really good throughout my pregnancy and really enjoyed being pregnant. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And did you do antenatal classes or any other birth sort of resource that helped you before your labour and birth? Yeah, so we did um, antenatal classes in Timaru. Obviously, um, they had them on Tuesday nights for two hours for five weeks, I think. Yeah. That wasn't really suitable for us. So yeah. we opted to do three full days on a Sunday at Timaru Parents Centre. And it was really great. We met some really wonderful people and learned so much that I'm an early childhood teacher. So I kind mm -hmm. of thought, oh, yeah, I know quite a bit. But, um, yeah, no, we learned so much through our, through our antenatal classes and really enjoyed learning everything together as well it was 
really cool to do together. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I know that you said you were under a midwife. So did you have much of a birth plan or thoughts on how you might want your birth to go? Yes. So I knew that I wanted to have the baby at the hospital. Um, Just being so far away from town, I knew that I didn't want to have a home birth for the first birth. Um, And I knew that I wanted to have a drug-free birth and in the water. But then I also knew that that could completely changed so I wasn't really really stuck on it I was yeah quite open to open to any ideas or when the time came I said to the midwife like I I trust you so whatever you think is right just tell mm. me and I'm quite happy to go go along with your guidance yeah yeah awesome and did you have to have sort of much of a plan living that far away from the hospital um not really they just kind of told us that at the first sign of labour, come into town or get in touch with them. But luckily, yeah. um, my parents live in Timaru, so our plan was always to sort of go to town as soon as things kicked off nice. and then yeah. just go to their house and we could always stay there. And then when the time came, we could go to the hospital and we sort of had a home base there as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. And did you do anything? I know there's so many things that you can find on Google or anywhere um, that'll tell you to do in preparation for birth. So did you do any of like the antenatal expressing or raspberry leaf tea or perennial massage, anything like that? I drank raspberry leaf tea like it was going out of fashion from <laughs> about 37 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I hated the taste of it though. So oh, really? I mixed, yeah, I mixed it with... Um, some blackcurrant cordial oh, yeah. <laughs> and found that really nice. Uh, I also did perennial massage. Yeah. I just used a wee oil. I can't even remember what brand it was. And um, I read quite a few books as well to prepare myself. So I really enjoyed Ina May Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's Marie Mongan, um, yeah. hypnobirthing book. Yeah. yeah. And I also read a book which was The Fourth Trimester. I can't remember who it was by, but I was yeah, like, I know oh, that book. I can't remember the author either. <laughs> um, but I'll it's add got it a beautiful cover, notes. though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, cool. And do you want to take us through your labour starting? Was it spontaneous, and how far along were you? Yeah, so I was thirty-seven and three or four weeks and it was probably about four o'clock in the morning I woke up and my tummy was really really tight and I was kind of like woke up my husband and I was like oh something's not right he was like oh just go back to sleep you'll be fine <laughs> and um and I was like oh, I can't really go back to sleep but I did and then I woke up at six and I was kind of like experiencing tightenings and I was kind of like oh yeah this kind of feels okay I wasn't too worried about it but decided to give my mum a call at about 7.30 that morning. And she's like, have you talked to the midwife? And I was like, no. <laughs> she's like, well, you need to ring your midwife. Don't ring me. <laughs> and um, so I called the midwife at 10 o'clock saying that I had been experiencing what I thought may have been contractions. And my midwife was on leave until 5 o'clock that night. <laughs> um, and she was. She said to me, the midwife that I got, she said, oh, it sounds like it will just be Braxton Hicks, like just go by your day as normal. And because you're only 37 and three, it's probably just going to stop and you'll be fine. And that it did. It stopped at 12 o'clock 
at lunchtime. So I was like, oh, sweet as. And um, we were cutting silage on the farm and we needed to cover the silage pit. So that just pretty much is throwing tires onto the top of the plastic. And so I went out and helped all the boys do that. And at about 3.30, I was like, whoa, something's, something's not right. <laughs> And um, all the boys were having beers and I was kind of like, oh, I can't, can't say anything. So I just kind of played with the dogs and pretended that I was fine. And then at about four o'clock, I was like to my husband, I, I think I might be in labor. He was like, what? Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't really feel like I could. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we got back to the house and I rang mum and I was talking to her about it and she said, oh have your borders broken or has your mucus plug come out? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, it's just, it's bearable. And um, I said to my mom, I'm just going to jump through the shower. And she was like, oh, don't stay in the shower too long because you might relax and things can <laughs> intensify pretty quickly. And so I um, jumped through the shower and I felt this really weird sensation. And I put my hand down to feel and... Um, <laughs> I think my mucus plugger came out. So mm-hmm. I like rang my mom and I was describing it to her and she's like, yeah, yeah, it is. She's like, get in the car, get in the car. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I can't because my husband was out moving sheep and um, we don't have a cell phone reception at home. Oh, no. And so he ended up coming home like half an hour later and I, I was like, oh, no, nah, I don't think I'm in labor. Like, it's pretty bearable. So cook some dinner. And then um, rang the midwife and she was like, oh, yeah, I think you should probably come to town like when it starts to get painful. And I was kind of like to my husband, oh, do we just stay at home? Because we're probably just going to get sent home, you know, once we go to the mm. hospital anyway. And um, and he was like, oh, I'll go run the dogs and then when I come back, you can tell me how you're feeling. And he went to run the dogs and he got back and the car was packed. And I was like, yeah, we're going. <laughs> And so we got to my parents' house and they had friends around and my mum was like, oh, you seem real, real chilled out. Like, I don't think you're in labour. And so I started doubting myself. And um, then the contractions started getting, you know, a bit stronger and a bit more painful. So I jumped in the shower and um, they were like hard and fast. And I was like, oh, yeah, this something's definitely happening. And... Um, I was in the shower for a wee bit, but I couldn't really get comfortable. So jumped out and was sitting on my Swiss ball. And um, my husband was like, oh, you know, should we ring the midwife? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think, think you should bring the midwife. And mum came in and she's like, oh, I think you're too calm. Like, don't ring the midwife too quickly. <laughs> and then, excuse my language, but I was like to my husband around 9.30, like, you better fucking ring the midwife because these are fucking unbearable. <laughs> and... And the midwife was like, oh, how's, how's she going? Like, can she talk through her contractions? And I was like, yeah, I can. And um, and my husband was like, yeah, no, she seems to be doing okay. And um, and then I piped up in the background and I was like, if this isn't fucking labour, then yeah. fucking cut the thing out of me. And <laughs> the midwife was like, okay, okay, I think I should meet you at the hospital. And so we planned to meet her at 10 o'clock at the hospital. And um, my mum, we had planned for my mum to be at the birth but she had stayed home because she didn't think that I'd be dilated. So yeah. she was like, oh, you'll probably get to the hospital and they'll send you home. Like that often happens with your first baby. And um, anyway, we arrived at the hospital and they did an exam and the midwife couldn't find my cervix. And she was like, 
I don't know if you're fully dilated or you're not dilated at all. Mm. And because I had had quite a few problems with endometriosis and I had also had um, CIM2, so I'd have had like cervical biopsies done. So they'd cut off quite a lot right. of cells and stuff. Yeah. So she thought that that was potentially why she couldn't figure it out. And um, anyway, the next midwife, she came and did a second opinion. She's like, yeah, no, you're fully dilated and ready to go. And oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I was not expecting it. I was sort of thinking we would get sent home and that I was just, you know, wasn't handling things very well. And um, so it was about probably 10, 15 by now. And my husband rang my mum and was like, yeah, no, we're about to have a baby. <laughs> and so... She jumped in the car and came down to the hospital. And um, at about 10.40, I jumped into the bath because we had planned for a water birth. And probably after five minutes of pushing in the bath, my waters broke and it was like, oh, such a relief. And I lay back and I was like so relaxed. And the midwife was like, I don't think this is time to relax. (laughs) Like it's time to push. And I was like, oh, damn it. Because it just felt so good having the pressure released. Mm. and then after a few pushes, um, the atmosphere of the room changed and I was kind of like, something didn't seem very right and the midwife left the room. And um, she said, she came back in and she said that the baby was breech and that he had passed, well, the baby had passed the first stool. So they needed to get me out of the bath and onto the bed really quickly. And by this time, like his bum was out and my mum was sort of like trying to dry my legs while it was time to get oh, out of the bath. God, and the yeah. midwife was like, no, you just need to get onto the bed. And um, and so I jumped onto the bed and there were probably about 12 or 15 people in the room um, preparing for the birth. And I jumped onto the bed and kept pushing and I said to them, oh, can I have some gas? And they're like, oh, no, the baby's already half out. Like, it's <laughs> it's not time for that. We need to just get this baby out. And I was like, oh, I ripped off because I remember <laughs> antenatal classes. All the dads have been talking about how they wanted to try the gas yeah, and like yeah. how good it was and everything. And so I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and um, anyway, they had to put the stirrups up on the bed. And as they were doing that, my foot, like my toe got stuck on the midwife's, um, <laughs> sorry, my, my toe got stuck on the midwife's t-shirt and I hate stuff being stuck on my feet and so I was like just focusing on trying to get my toe out of her t-shirt sleeve <laughs> and um anyway they put my put my legs up in the stirrups and I was like oh my gosh this is like the movies this is not mm. what I wanted but I didn't really have time to process it all and they were they said to me his so the baby's body was pretty much out so his bum was out his legs were at his shoulders and his arms were at his hips so they said, oh, he really needs, like, the baby really needs to come out. And at this stage, we didn't know what we we're having. Yeah. But my husband was obviously down there, so he knew he could see. <laughs> and he was all excited. And um, my contractions slowed quite a lot, I think, just with the overwhelming mm. sort of change in atmosphere and everyone being in the room. And so they said to me, this, this baby really needs to come out because he had been sort of half birthed for about four or five minutes yep. and I think they allow like seven minutes and then they have to intervene and luckily anyway they rung the obstetrician and I they were like right get this baby out and I did this massive push like I'd been doing really great pushing and I did this real like 
cow noise <laughs> and pushed as hard as I could and I got a nosebleed and the baby came out. <laughs> they were all so concerned that I had a nosebleed, but I always get nosebleeds. So I was like, oh, don't even worry about it. Like I always get nosebleeds. <laughs> and they put the baby on me for a couple of seconds and then they took him away. And the midwife, we discussed about uh, the placenta. Yeah. And I had said that I really wanted to birth it on my own. Um, but she obviously, like I said to her, I know that you're in the situation. If you need to make that decision, you make that decision. I know you'll make the right one on my mm. part. And so she administered oxytocin. And pretty much as soon as she administered the oxytocin, the on-call obstetrician arrived. And he called theatre straight away because he thought that I was going to need to go up and have some surgery to fix up what had happened from a breech birth. Mm. Um, And then a few minutes later, well, probably more than a few minutes later, but it seemed only like a few minutes later, the placenta was birthed. Um, And I think they had the baby for about 10 minutes. There was a paediatrician there. They were giving the baby oxygen. And I just remember looking at my mum who was on my left and she was crying and looking to my right where my husband was and he was crying and all I could think was something was really, really wrong. Mm. And I was like, shit, is my baby dead? You know, is something wrong? Like nobody was saying anything. There was just this really tense feeling in the room. And anyway, a couple of minutes later, they, the pediatrician said oh everything's going to be okay well she probably said it straight away but it just seemed like yeah, yeah. that moment went on for so long um and then they they gave him to me and he screamed his head off <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't cried the whole time and as soon as they gave him to me and I said I said to my mum what is it and she's like it's a baby and I was like oh I know it's a baby but is it a boy or a girl <laughs> and my husband was like it's a boy and I was like oh this is so exciting and then, yeah, he was screaming and I was trying to like calm him down and he wouldn't calm down. And so I was kind of like, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then the midwife said because he was breech, um, that his blood sugars could be affected. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to try and express a wee bit of colostrum to give to him because he wasn't real interested in feeding, like when I put him up to my breast. Yeah. And so she, um, I think she got about 10 mil of colostrum from me nice. and gave that to him in a syringe. So that was really cool. And it turned out that um, I was really, really lucky. The obstetrician told me to go and buy a lot of chicken. <laughs> I didn't have any grazing or tearing wow. and I didn't need any stitches. Yeah. So he rung and cancelled theatre because I was kind of like, shit, why are, they, like, why are they sending me to mm. theatre? I was like, God, it must be like a train wreck down there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, luckily, luckily I didn't need to go to theatre, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was pretty much, he was born at 11.26. So pretty much 40 minutes, 40 or 50 minutes from when I jumped in the bath. Yeah. Um, he was out. So incredible for a breach, breach presenting baby. Yeah. Amazing. And so lucky that you trusted your gut and left home when you did by the sounds of it. 
Yeah, so lucky because I said to my husband, like, if something had happened on the road, it would have just been yeah. horrific. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, yeah, yeah. So I was really lucky to be in such, you know, a supportive environment and they had everything that they needed on hand, which was really yeah. great. And had you had any scans that sort of showed he was in the correct position at any point or um, it was just a complete surprise? So the only scans that I had were were a dating scan, a 12-week scan, and a 20-week scan. And I had had, I had seen the midwife, I think, a week and a half. I was due to see her the the following week, so this was a sad day that I went into labour, and I was due to see her on the Monday. So at her last appointment, like, she had heard the heartbeat and had a feel around and everything felt pretty normal. Um, but what she said was when he came out, he wasn't, he didn't have his feet up at his shoulders like he did when he was born. And so sometimes that can indicate that they haven't been in that position for too long. So we wondered if he had turned Mm. that morning when I woke up with a really tight tummy or if it had happened a couple of days earlier. But, um, yeah, yeah. So it was it was really lucky, but um, I'm actually pregnant again. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> and they, thank you, they have said to me that they will be scanning me pretty much from 36 yeah. weeks onwards yeah. <laughs> to make sure I don't have another breech baby. And then if I do, we'll cross that bridge when it comes yeah. to it. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it was quite a, quite a rough, rough sort of couple of days. Well, not really a rough couple of days, but... We had kind of assumed since the birth had gone well that we would be able to go home sort Mm. of two or three days after we had sort of settled into family life. But um, we were tailing on the farm. So if anyone anyone that knows farming knows that it's one of the busiest times of the year. So on the Sunday, my husband had to go home to go home and do tailing with everybody that was helping. And that was fine, like, Charles, our wee man, he fed really well from, you know, the first few hours. And he was just a wee champ, like, real easy baby. And then my husband must have come up on the Tuesday night because we are planning on going home on the Wednesday because my milk had come in on the Tuesday afternoon and I hadn't wanted to leave until that had come in just because we were so far away that if I had any issues, I didn't really want to have to drive all the way back to town to see someone. And so we packed everything ready to go home on the Wednesday afternoon. And because he was breached, they said that we needed to have a paediatric assessment before he went home. And the paediatrician came in and was checking him over and was like, oh, gee, this baby's really yellow. Like, we're going to do a jaundice test, but I don't think you should go home mm. today. And I had done really, really well. I was feeling really good. And I just burst into tears. Oh, and I was no. like, but I want to go home. And he's like, he's like, I'll give you five minutes. And I feel like such a dork now because it was like really minimal. But, you know, when you're just yeah, a yeah. baby, your <laughs> hormones are all up and down. And so I was so devastated because our bags were like packed at the door ready to go. But um, it ended up that he had dangerously high levels um, of Billy Rubin, I think yeah. it is, in his blood test. And so he had to go in an incubator for 24 hours. And then they did 
some blood tests sort of four hourly to make sure that his levels were coming down. And so we went home on the Thursday evening at about 5.30, I think. We got told that we were all good to go yeah. home. So I was really excited to get going home because I had been been inside <laughs> yeah. for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you feel yeah. sort of once you got yeah. home and obviously it's such a huge adjustment taking taking your baby home for the first time and how did you find that first sort of week and yeah a few days adjusting I was so worried about the drive home I thought he was going to scream the whole way (laughs) but he just slept the whole way so that was awesome um and because we had had everyone here tailing one of my really good friends she had stayed an extra couple of days and so when we arrived home, dinner was on the table. The whole house oh, nice. was like spotless. <laughs> it was just amazing. And then the next day, my mum arrived and she stayed with us for a couple of days as well. So yeah, I was really, awesome. I was, yeah, feeling really grateful to be home because I wanted to be home sooner. Um, but we were really, really lucky to have a lot of support around us. So yeah. we had, yeah, so many helpers and visitors and things that made it really like a easy transition I would say yeah nice yeah yeah Yeah. cool and did you experience any of like the post baby blues or anything like that no not really um I think on that Wednesday when I wanted to go home uh, yeah it kind of hit me that my husband had been had gone home on the Sunday had come up on the Monday night at like 11, left at three o'clock in the morning on the Tuesday. And I was just ready to sort of be at home with him because it was a really weird feeling. There were only three of us in the ward, in the um, Jean Todd maternity ward. And the other two people had their husbands or partners with them. And so every time I walked past their room, I was just like, oh, I felt like (laughs) I was missing out. (laughs) But I had... I had so many visitors. It was amazing. All our family and everything came to visit and I had so many visitors come. So it was really nice in that respect to have all of that support and all of these friendly faces around that wanted to meet our wee man, but it wasn't quite the same as having your husband there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what about your physical recovery? How did you find that you recovered from giving birth? I found that it was actually pretty good. The only thing I wish that someone had told me was when you get off the bed after having a natural birth, the amount of blood, (laughs) because I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm dying. (laughs) And the midwife was like, oh, no, that's just minimal. And then when I got in the shower, I think because it was like, you know, white shower, everything Mm. looks worse. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh my goodness, what is happening? But um, other than that, I felt really, really good. Um, I I used the disposable, I think they're incontinent underwear. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know those. <laughs> yeah, I use them too. For, um, yeah, for about two weeks. Um, but I only bled for about a week and a half after the birth, which I was quite surprised about. Um, and then my period came back after four weeks, even though I was exclusively breastfeeding. (laughs) So I was a bit, I felt a bit ripped off about that. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, but I felt physically that I have recovered quite well. Like it was an adjustment getting used to having sort of a jelly, jelly belly. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but and emotionally, I think I was a wee bit overwhelmed with what happened with his birth. Like it was yeah, yeah. really unexpected. But also I was so, so grateful that we had the outcome that we did, that, mm-hmm. that he was okay. Because I think a lot of the time um, breech births can be quite risky. And so, yeah, I was quite emotionally probably unsettled for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. But I found the more that I talked about it and, like, my midwife was on leave pretty much two weeks after he was born straight away. Like, she went on leave on the Monday. I felt when she came back and we sat down and talked through the birth and everything that I felt a lot better about it because there were Mm. some parts that I couldn't quite recall because it was so overwhelming but she kind of clarified them for me and made everything sort of make sense so it was really good having her support and her she who was there as well like because none of her backup midwives were there yeah yeah um and they were just like warm midwives so they weren't necessarily somebody I could just Mm. pop in and see and discuss what happened so yeah it was really nice having her back to follow it up and sort of discuss everything that happened and I've got her this time around as well so yeah I really enjoyed her support and yeah emotionally I think I'm yeah pretty good now but it was was pretty scary for a while there (laughs) yeah yeah I can only imagine it sort of something like you said that maybe you process by talking more and as you move further away from the birth sometimes it can get um a little bit more scary so definitely it's important that you talk about it and it's nice to hear that you've sort of come out the other side of that too yeah and I did say like I said to my husband probably a week after the birth like I would do that all again like it was the most incredible <laughs> thing in the world like I just loved it and I guess I'm a bit of a freak <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just thought it was such an empowering thing you know giving birth and meeting your little baby for the first time and it was just yeah. so special. Like, yeah, I just want, I said I'd do it over and over because it was so, <laughs> so worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what about your breastfeeding experience? How did you find that? Did you find it sort of came pretty naturally and easy or did you have to work quite hard at it? What was that like? Yeah. So the first couple of days, um, getting the latch right was quite difficult um I found it was kind of like a wee bit painful sometimes when he was feeding and then other times it wasn't and I got kind of mixed um mixed advice from the different midwives that were on the Mm. ward so well like one of them told me if he slows down to just kind of stroke his cheek and then another one came in to check the latch and was like oh why are you stroking his cheek you know you've just got to give him time so (laughs) It was, there were a few different sort of bits of advice that I got, but um, a lactation consultant came in and saw me, I think, on day two, and she gave some really great support um, regarding, you know, how to make sure the latch is right and gave me yeah. some diagrams and stuff to look at and also said that she is happy to be contacted at any time. She's happy to come to your house. Like, she was really, really supportive, so I think that nice. made me feel a lot more comfortable um, with feeding and knowing that I can do it, that sometimes you've just got to take a deep breath and sort of start again. But um, after that, yeah, once my milk came in, 
whole, I was just like, man, I look like Pamela Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and once my milk came in, I had a huge supply. So our breastfeeding journey, you know, some people said to me, oh, do you feed one side and then the other? And I found that he was drinking way too much and just throwing up. And so I would just feed off one side and catch my let down with a hacker pump um, on the other side and just chuck it in the freezer for when I needed it. And, um, yeah, yeah, up until probably four months ago, I had a really amazing supply and had fed him. He's nearly 10 months old now. So, yeah, till about five and a half months, had fed him exclusively um, breastfeeding and some bottle feeding. Yeah, and then when when I got pregnant, my supply dropped a huge amount, um, which was really hard for me. Not so much for him; like he took formula yeah. straight away. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really emotionally ready mm. for him to not feed off me all day every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he still does. I still do two or three feeds a day, and then just top him up with a bottle as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I found the breastfeeding journey like my letdown reflex was incredible. Like I could feel when it was going to come splitting out. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was really lucky to have such a good supply and be able to chuck some in the freezer for when when I did need it. And, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed feeding him. He, it's only probably in the last two weeks that he's realised that he can bite me. Mm. So that's not, <laughs> not so much fun, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. And I know that you mentioned you were pregnant. How far along are you? So I'm 15 weeks. Yeah, awesome. And how are you feeling this pregnancy so far? I feel incredible. Like I haven't had any nauseousness. Um, just very, very tired. Yeah. But I think that was that was to do with Moe Man wasn't sleeping through the night. He was waking quite mm. a lot for feeds when I didn't know that I was pregnant, like it must have been in those real early days when my supply yeah. had dropped, but I yeah. hadn't realised. And so we've started giving him formula before bed and he started sleeping right through. So I think it's just my body getting used to used to having sleep again. And yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if maybe I just don't have time to feel sick. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And just before we close up, is there anything else that you wanted to add in regards to your journey or anything else that we haven't talked about? I didn't mention that we did have slight delayed cord clamping, um, probably not as delayed as what I would oh, yeah. have liked, but obviously with the situation, things had to be a wee bit, mm. wee bit more um, faster than what they usually are. Yeah, And yeah. we did do skin to skin um once I finally got him and then while I had a shower my husband did skin to skin as well and so I think that really helped helped him have a bond as well because he kind of felt like he had just kind of stood there and not really had to do anything (laughs) so it was really nice for yeah for him to feel (laughs) included as well yeah awesome very cool. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've I've loved talking to you and yeah, what an interesting um story that you have to share. And yeah, I'm just really grateful that you came on the podcast to share it with us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for letting me share it. And 
I'm kind of like addicted to breech births now. <laughs> so whenever yeah. I see one pop up, I'm like, oh, I must listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's lots of other mums out there just like you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. A huge thank you to Jo for coming on and sharing her story. And of course, I would love for you to go and show some support to your birth project, which is my hypnobirthing course, or even just show support to this podcast by leaving a review or a star review. And yeah, it really supports the podcast, so I'd really appreciate it. I will speak to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.